Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Thank you, Brother Danny. Good morning, everybody. Glad to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen. I'm so uh, thankful for uh, the opportunity to teach this morning. And if you'll turn in your Bibles to Numbers chapter 34, um, I want to give honor to our pastor and his family. I'm so grateful for them. And uh, we are blessed, aren't we? Amen. We're so blessed here at the Anchor Church. I give them great honor today. I am going to be continuing um, uh, this family series that we have been in. And hasn't it been, hasn't it been rich um, it's been such a great um, series that we've been able to, to glean a lot from, and I'm, I'm very thankful for it. Um, I'm going to be talking very specifically about boundaries in the home, uh, boundaries in the home. Um, and, uh, man, Thanksgiving's coming up. Anybody ready for Thanksgiving on Thursday? Anybody, anybody made a commitment to eat until you can't see color? Okay. Um, uh, I don't know if I don't know if gluttony is excused on that day, but but um, many of us push the boundary on that on that particular day, and uh, it's an exciting time of year, and uh, I'm just so thankful for the body of Christ, and uh, let's 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 get into the Word of God, Numbers chapter 34. Some of this will be review from I've taught a series, uh, uh, I think about a year ago on media in the home, and uh, I talked, the lesson uh, that I taught was bonding and boundaries, and uh, some of what I taught uh, in that lesson, um, I'll, I'll teach on today, so some of this will be review, but we learn best by repetition, and, um, uh, but I would encourage you to go back and, and listen to that um, uh, in regards to this subject as well. Now, let's, let's go to Numbers chapter 34. This is the description of, of the promised land as, as they come upon it. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Command the children of Israel and say unto them, When you come into the land of Canaan, somebody say the promised land. So they hadn't been there yet. They're, they're getting ready to go into the land of Canaan. When you come into the land of Canaan, this is the land that shall fall unto you for an inheritance, even the land of Canaan with the coast thereof. Then your south quarter shall be from the wilderness of Zin along by the coast of Edom, and your south border shall be, um, uh, and your south border shall be the outmost coast of the Salt Sea eastward, and your border shall turn from south to the ascent of uh, Akrabim. I, I don't know how to say it either, and pass uh, and pass on to Zin, and the going forth thereof shall be from the south to man. To Kadesh Barnea, and shall go on. I got that one. I feel like, and shall go on to has mm, has Hazardar. Uh, yep, and pass to Am's Asman, and and uh, I feel like I said said like Charizard right there or something. Um, uh, and the border shall fetch a compass from Asman unto the river of Egypt, and the goings out of it shall be. At the sea, and as for the western border, somebody say border, 
You shall even have the great sea for a border. This shall be your west border, and this shall be your north border. From the great sea you shall point out for your mount, uh, for you Mount Hor. From Mount Hor you shall point out your border unto the entrance of Hamath, and the goings forth of the border shall be to Zedad. Um, I'm going to talk today, as I said, about boundaries in the home. Would you lift your hands and pray with me? I know we just prayed, but let's pray. God, we need you in this session today. Lord, I'm asking you today, O oh Lord, to give us understanding of your word. God, we want to have strong families. Lord, we understand and recognize our culture is coming against the home, Lord. And I pray today, God, that you would give us wisdom, Lord, to establish our home upon a rock. God, give us, give us um, understanding and revelation today in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. You can be seated. <clears throat> the portion of <clears throat> Scripture that I just read to you, I'm, I'm going to get to this baby here in a minute, but portion of Scripture that <clears throat> I just read to you in Numbers chapter 34 deals with the children of Israel inheriting their promise. The land of Canaan was, was a, a, a land that was, the Bible says, flowing with milk and honey. It was an amazing place. It was protected. It was sacred. It was holy. And God promised this place to the children of Israel. And you'll find in Numbers chapter 34 what we just read that God said before before you get there, before you get to this place, there's, there's something that I must establish with you right now when it comes to this land that is full of promise. The first thing, one of the first things that God established in this promised land was the boundaries of the promised land. Are you with me? First thing that God established in the land of promise was the boundaries of the land of promise. Without a clear boundary, without a clear um, ending or beginning, without a clear, listen, if, if all of our states in North America had no boundaries, there's no clarity in that. Well, this is Ohio, this is Indiana, this is West Virginia. The, well, how do you know without a boundary? So God said, we're going to go to Canaan, but before you go there, let's establish some boundaries. The land that was promised to them was approximately 50 miles wide and 100 miles long. And you'll find, uh, if you study out this area, I'm, I meant to have a picture of, um, of the map, but you can look at it. If, if, you'll, if you'll study out this era, area, you will find very quickly that the place that God established for his people was a protected place. It was a protected place. To the north, they had a boundary called the Sea of Chinnereth. To the south, there was the River of Egypt. To the southeast, there was the Dead Sea. To the, to the west, there was the Great Sea or the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, and to the east was the Jordan River. It was this land, this promised land was a protected place. All of the tribes were to settle within the borders that God set and established of this land. And if they crossed the boundaries that God established, 
beyond the boundary of the promised land was places and things that they did not want to be a part of. To the south, if they were to go beyond the boundary that God established, they would go back to Egypt. If they were to go beyond the boundary in the southeast, over the Dead Sea, they would end up in Sodom and Gomorrah. It was a place that God judged and rained fire and brimstone from heaven on. We see, we see that. If they were to go beyond the boundary of the east, the Jordan River, that was the boundary that separated them from the wilderness that they wandered in for 40 years. If they went beyond the boundary in the north, they were on their way back to Babylon, which was a representation of sin in the world. Ladies and gentlemen, the purpose of boundaries is not to keep you in. The purpose of boundaries is to keep hell out. I don't want to go back to a place of chaos and confusion and addiction and bondage. The reason boundaries are established in a home, in a family, is to protect the freedom that we have in Christ. Boundaries are not bondage. Boundaries are a result. Boundaries are a protector of our freedoms. If we want freedoms, we must have boundaries. So I tell you today, uh, could you imagine a road without traffic laws? Could you imagine driving here this morning with, with, on a road that had no law, no speed limit, no stop signs, drive on either side of the road you want to, no, no, no yield, no red, yellow, green lights, no orange lights like some of y'all talk about when you ran it the other day? Imagine, imagine a road with no law. Are you driving on that road? Are you taking your family on that road? Are you putting your children at the risk, uh, in, the, in the lines of, uh, of risk on a road with no law? Probably not. There's some, there's some men in here that said, absolutely, there's no problem. I got Because there's always a few men that will say, you know. You're probably not driving on that road. Why? What does, what does law do? Law protects our freedom to drive. Could you imagine this church building with no walls? Could you imagine trying to listen to me this morning while Sunday school class is going on there, 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 and there? Could you imagine really, some, some of y'all have a hard, some of us have a hard time focusing with walls. Can I get a witness from somebody in the room? Any humans in the building? Now, now imagine it without walls. No walls in the back, no walls, no walls there, no, no walls. Just, just a big open area. Anything without a boundary is chaos. Anything without limitations is chaos. Can I remind you the reason our country is free is because of boundaries, a declaration of independence, a bill of rights, a constitution. We are free because we have established law that protects that freedom. We need boundaries 
within our lives if we're going to remain free. And so when we talk about boundaries, we're not talking about, about putting somebody in bondage. We're talking about keeping somebody free. We're talking about creating a home that is thriving. You want to create a chaotic home? Have no rules in your home. You want to create a kid with no future? Have a child with no limitations. Doesn't matter when you go to bed, doesn't matter when you wake up, doesn't matter what you do. I'll, I'll, I'll feed you, I'll give you room and board. Good luck. You want to create a kid with no future? Give me, show me a kid with no boundary in their life and I'll show you a kid with no future. But it is, but it is the will of God and it's the will of the church that we establish boundaries, realistic, real, everyday boundaries in our homes that protect the freedom that we have in Christ. For he did not come to, he, he didn't come to bind us down with laws. He said, I've come to give you life, and I've come to give you life more abundantly. Amen. He came to give us abundant life. And the way that that happens is through boundaries. Dad, Dad, we, you, have the responsibility of, of establishing boundaries in the home. Single mother, you have the responsibility of, of, of establishing boundaries in the home. You know what I've learned when it comes to establishing boundaries? You're signing up for a fight. When you establish boundaries in your home, you're, you're signing up, you're, you're signing the dotted line. Hey, I'm ready for a fight. Anybody a witness to that? When you say, this is what we're going to do and this is what we're not going to do, you're signing up for a fight. It's worth the fight. It's, it's work. It's, it's, it's tiresome at times. It's difficult at moments. Your kids want to press up against every boundary you've established and find a crack in the wall and but I'm going to tell you right now, it's worth establishing boundaries in their lives and in your life is worth the fight. It's worth the difficulty. It's worth it. I'm going to tell you a great mistake that, that a man in Scripture made, Ruth chapter 1 and 1, came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land. In the land. This land was Bethlehem, Judah. It was God's land. It was it was a promised land, and, and, and you'll find that, um, that a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. There was a famine in the, in the, in the land. It was, there was, let me word it this way, there was a famine in the church. It seemed like that, that dad, dad had come to the conclusion that his family wasn't getting what it needed in the church, there was a famine <clears throat> in the land. And the name of the man was Elimelech. Turn to your neighbor say Elimelech. Probably because you haven't said that this week. And the name of his wife, Naomi, and the name of his two sons, Malon and Chelon, Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they came to the country of Moab and continued there. Moab was a place of complete idolatry and sin. It was a place that started out of 
out of an incest relationship and, and, and there was uh, kids and, and it, was, it was born in chaos and it continued that way. It was a place where false gods were worshipped. It was a place um, of, of sin and worldliness and dad made up his mind that instead of sticking it out in the land that God promised, instead of sticking it out in, in, in the right place, he would rather go to the wrong place and try to find what his family needed. But can I tell you on this Sunday morning that dad, before you make a decision to pull them out, of church before you make a decision to schedule a ball game or something over a church service, you better understand the decision you're making. You're making a decision to get them out of Bethlehem and take them to Moab. Get them out of the church and take them to the world. Well, they don't have what I need here. They don't have what my family needs here. Listen, there's moments that are, let me stop here. For There are moments that are difficult even in the church. There are moments that seem dry even in the church. There are moments that the church, that, that it appears to you that the church does not have exactly what you need. But can I tell you that the answer is not when you've got, when you've got a church that's not fulfilling the needs so-called. The answer is not to pull them out of the church and take them into the world. The answer is to wait a man on a visitation from heaven. That's the answer. The answer is not to take him to the world. The answer is to get on your knees and start praying and believing that it may be dry right now, but I'm not going to go to the world for what I can only find in the church. He took his family to Moab, and the cost of that was this. Verse 3, and Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. Dad died. And she was left and her two sons. Two verses later, verse 5, and Malon and Chelon died also, both of them. So, one decision from dad to take kids and family out of the church into the world. One decision from dad cost him his life and his kids' life. It matters. It matters. It matters where you take them. It matters where you, they're, listen, you've got a family following you. You've got a family going the direction that you are going. Can I ask somebody in this room, are your feet planted in the church or are your feet wandering to the world? Come on, before you establish it in your kids, you've got to establish it in yourself. God has, always has, and always will have everything that I need. It was just a few verses later when, when, when the boys were gone and the dad was gone that Naomi caught word that the Lord had visited Bethlehem and provided food for his people. Because any time it seems dry in the church, the Lord will always show up and he will always provide what's needed. Somebody say amen. What I have learned is boundaries. When you establish boundaries in your home, when you establish boundaries in your family, boundaries create stability. Boundaries create stability. 
say boundaries, create stability. If you want stability in your home, create boundaries. I want to share this story with you about stability. In the early 17th century, Sweden's king, Gustav Adolf, commissioned a warship that would be christened the Vasa. The ship represented a substantial outlay of resources, particularly the oak from which the vessel would be built. Gustav Adolf closely oversaw the construction process of this great warship, attempting to ensure that the Vasa would fully realize its expectations. After construction began, Gustav Adolf ordered the Vasa to be made longer. He ordered the ship to be made longer. Because the width supports had already been built from the precious oak, the king directed the builders to increase the ship's length without increasing its width. Although the shipwrights knew that this, that doing so would compromise the Vasa's seaworthiness, they were hesitant to tell the king something they knew he did not want to hear. So they complied. Gustav Adolf also insisted that this ship have not simply the customary single deck of guns, but cannons on three decks, with the heaviest cannons on the upper deck. Again, against their better judgment, the shipwrights complied. And on August the 10th, 1628, the Vasa, this giant, amazing warship of its time, the Vasa began its maiden voyage on this day. After the Vasa left the harbor, a strong wind entered its sails, and the ship began to tip. Before long, the ship heeled right over, and water gushed in through the gun ports until the ship slowly went from the bottom, went to the bottom under sail, pennants and all. The Vasa's maiden voyage, the Vasa's maiden voyage was 4,200 feet. This great ship, this great warship built with precious material traveled a total distance of 4,200 feet. Gustav Adolf's desire for an, for an extravagant status symbol ruined the design of what would have been a magnificent sailing vessel, the mightiest warship of its time. The shipbuilder's reluctance to speak up their fear of the king's displeasure deprived the king of their knowledge and insight. All involved lost sight of the goals of the enterprise to protect Sweden and to promote its interests abroad. A ship, here's the lesson, a ship that attempts to defy or go beyond the boundary of the laws of physics is simply a boat that won't float. Show me something that attempts to go beyond the boundary and you, you will also show me something that does not succeed. I don't want it to be said of my family. I don't want it to be said of my children that their journey lasted only 4,200 feet. 
I can build it glamorously, I can build it loud, I can build it big and tall, but, but if it's not built, if my home is not built and established within boundaries, it's bound to fail. Matthew 7 and 24, Therefore whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. The rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand and the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. If we are going to have stable homes, if we're going to have homes that survive the storms of the cares of this life, then we are going to have to build homes that are established on a rock. We're going to have to build homes that are established on the commandments and the teachings of this book. If it doesn't line up with this book, it's not going to come in my home. If it doesn't line up with his word, amen, I'm not going to let it settle in my home. Why? Because I want my home to be founded upon a rock. And if my home can be stable, my future can be stable as well. Stability is important in a home because stability creates an environment for success. Stability, when you have a home that is that is stable, you have a home that's consistent, you have a home whose kids can succeed. The future of children founded in a stable home are promised, are sure, are sure, amen, to live lives of success and prosperity. A stable home is, is important. A stable home is necessary if we want our families to thrive. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be much longer, but this, um, this is not a real child. Um, uh, Noah, come on up here, babe. Bring a chair with you. Just sit right there. This is, uh, this is not a real baby. Um, because no baby sits this still for 30 minutes. No, come on up. And um, so if this, is, if this is my child and I've got this child in this car seat and I do this number, nobody is going to be okay with that. Listen. This is a fake baby, and some of you are still uncomfortable. Can we acknowledge that? This guy's a freak. It's not real. If, if you saw me do that, 
you would be, and this, and this was a real baby, you'd be calling everybody. You'd be calling CPS. You'd be calling the police. You'd, you'd just come to me yourself. You'd just punch me right in the mouth. Some of you want to do it right now, and the baby is not real. None of us are okay with shaking a child this way. But how often are we okay with, with, with not shaking them physically, but continuously shaking them mentally? Your mom and I had a fight last night. I don't know if we're going to make it. Or, or, or the wife, your dad is just so mean. He, he angers me so much. You're, you're, not, you're, not, you're not shaking them physically, but you're coming over here and doing this to their mind. You're coming over here. You're coming over here. And, 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 you're, and you're shaking the foundation on which, on, on which their mind and their future is established. I don't know if I'm going to be here a year from now. I'm just sick and tired of this. I don't, I'm tired of providing for you kids. You're shaking them. You're shaking them. You yell and say stuff and argue and lash out in front of, in front of your kids. I wish I'd have never got married to you. I don't know how we're going to make, I don't know what our life is going to look like a year from now. If we're going to be not okay with doing this, we've also got to be not okay with shaking their mind. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. When you say, when you say something was wrong last month, but it's okay this month, when you say... Uh, 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 wrong is wrong last month, but you say wrong is right this month. That's not stable. That's not consistent, and that can't thrive. When you're around your kids and you're and you're in an emotional state to the place where you're saying things like, "I don't know if I can survive. I don't know if we can survive. I don't know how it's going to work out." That's not an environment that kids are, 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 are going to thrive in. Well, they're in it with us. They're, they're in it with us, so, so, so they need to be a part of it. Wrong. They're not in it with you. They're not, in the, they're not in the war in the fight with you. They didn't sign up to be a part of the war. You signed up to be a part of it. They didn't sign up to be the parent. You signed up to be the parent. They didn't sign up to navigate through life's problems. You signed up for it when you had the child. And they're not in the fight with you. It is your job as a mom or a dad to create an environment that even in the midst of difficulty, he doesn't feel a single thing about it. The waters that he lives on are so stable that he can thrive and he can grow and he can... We've got to create a place that's stable. 
There are some things that you should not communicate around your kids. There are some things that you should, if you're so emotional that you have no guard over your mouth, it is a terrible time to be around your children. It's a terrible time to let them, listen, I know we're all human. Lauren and I, you know, Lauren and I never fight. We've never had a fight in, in 11 years of marriage. That's a joke. I'm in the house, so we definitely fight. Listen, we have difficult moments in homes, but difficult, difficult moments are not worth the future of your kids. And so even when you fight, you got to make a decision to fight fair. You got to fight with some boundaries in your home. You got to communicate with some limitations in your home. How, well, how, how do I? I want to be transparent and honest with my kids. That's fine to a degree, but wait until you're stable. Wait until you're stable. And if you're going to talk to your kids and because you guys are in a difficult moment and they see it, you need to communicate to them in a way that creates as much stability as possible. Things are a little difficult right now, but you know what? Everything is going to be all right. That's stable. That's honest, and it's stable. We can't, we can't expect them to carry what what we uh, what God has called us to carry Proverbs thirteen and three. Look at this: He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life. He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life. But he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. You want to know why families fail sometimes? Because sometimes we're too. When, 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 the, when, the, when the lid falls off of it and, and stuff hits the fan, when, 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 when we're going all through it, we, 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 let, we let anything and everything fly. And we wonder why there's, there's difficulty or chaos or inconsistency in our kids. It's because the environment in which it's like, it's like this platform being five different heights and there being cracks all over it and splits down the middle and kids are trying to navigate are, are, are trying to step through the problems of the home. They're, they're, they're trying to just find something and somewhere in the house that is stable. So they run to, they, they run to different things. They run to media. They run to friends. They run to, they run to a, a, a place that they can find good affirmation. They, they run to somebody that they do respect because, because they're not this way one minute and this way, this way the next. They, they, they run in search of stability. They run in search of a place that is stable and consistent. I don't want my kids to run other places for stability. I want my kids to find stability within the walls of my home. I want them to be able to grow and flourish and thrive in my house. You know what I've learned? You know what I've learned? It's easier to be radical than consistent. Do you hear me? It's so much easier, Sister Brown, to be radical than it is to be consistent. It's easy to be radical. It's easy in a moment, in a moment to say none of that for a month. It's easy to be radical. It's hard day in and day out. 
just be the same. If it was wrong yesterday, guess what? It ought to be wrong today. If it was wrong last year, guess what? It ought to be wrong this year. We got to be consistent. It's easier to be radical. I'm going to tell you right now as a parent, it's easier to be radical with my kids and let them go with the waves of my emotions than it is to just be consistent with them. We have a rule in our home. I'll give you an example. We have a rule in our home, no media during the week. Monday, Monday through Friday, there's no, there's, no, uh, there's no media in our home. On the weekend, they, they, get to, they get to have media with limitations. You want to know what happens every Monday? Dad, can I do this? You want to know what happens every Tuesday? Dad, can I do this? You know, and, if, and if I say no, Mom, Mom, can I do this? Anybody? Any, anybody just like, man, I'm not going to hit you, but I'm really thinking about it. Just me, cool. All right. I'm, I've never thought about hitting my kid. This is a joke. Stay calm. You know, he's shaking car seats. He's talking. To, just, yeah, I'm okay, all right? I'm normal, somewhat. You know, please, 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 please. You know, and they got, they got crocodile tears coming down their face. Please, my life is over. It's so hard. You never let me do anything. Huh? Tears. <laughs> but my friends and, and Sally and, 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 you know, all these people, please, Dad, please, please, please. I feel like all, I, you know, Tim Hawkins said this before, and it's so true. I feel like all I do in my home at times is just pass out the word no. It's like, hey, here's some for you. No. 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 Would you like another? No. 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 I feel like that's all I do at moments. But what am I trying to do? I'm not perfect at it. I'm, I'm far from perfect at, at what we're doing. But, 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 but you want to know? You want to know why? You want to know why it's worth the fight? Because 10 years from now, 10 years from now when he's graduated high school and he's moving on into college and he's thinking about a wife and, and, and about what he's going to do for his future, it's, it's going to be because it's going to be because he's going to be successful because he grew up in a home with a dad that was consistent, with a mom that was consistent. They, they were human, yes, but at the same time, they created an environment of stability. Let's stand together. Deuteronomy chapter 6. We, we've got to acknowledge this scripture. I've had to evaluate. Am I doing this the way I ought to be doing this? Here is the Lord our God is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and soul and thy might. These words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Shall talk of them when thou sittest in thine house. Thou walkest up by the way and thou liest down when thou risest up. We are instructed as parents to teach diligently to our kids the word of the Lord. Are we fulfilling that? Am I fulfilling that? It's not Sunday, and, and these words which I command the Sunday school teachers this day, you should teach them to your children. And when, 
It's not in there. It's talking about the family. It's talking about the responsibility of mom and dad. Are we fulfilling that? Look at verse 20. Look at the result of a healthy home. And when thy son asketh thee in time to come, saying, What meaneth the testimonies and the statutes and the judgments which the Lord hath commanded you? The success of this verse is simply that that the son asked a question. The son felt the son felt comfortable enough around mom and dad. The son felt comfortable enough in the home to be able to ask a question. What does this mean? The son had a good enough relationship with his family, his parents, his mom, his dad. He had a good enough relationship with them where he felt like he could ask questions that he did not know the answer to. Verse 21, then thou shalt say unto thy son, we were in Pharaoh, we were Pharaoh's bondmen in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out. Watch, watch, I see this conversation between dad and his and his boy. I, I see this conversation happening on the on the bank of the Jordan River. He, he said, we, we were Pharaoh's bondmen in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. The Lord showed us signs and wonders, great and sore upon Egypt, upon Pharaoh, and upon all his household before our eyes. And he brought us out from thence, that he might bring us in to give us the land that he swear unto our fathers. God has promised us a land. God has promised us that one day, one day when, when this life is over and we hear that trumpet sound, there is a place, amen, I want to make heaven my home and I want to make heaven the home of my family. I don't want my kids to be satisfied here at the expense of their eternity. I want my kids to stand before their God and hear him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. We've got to have boundaries in our home. We've got to have boundaries in our home if we're going to protect the freedom that our families and our children have. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name today. God, I thank you for the church. God, I'm so grateful for these people, God, that are doing their best. We're doing our best to obey and follow your command, God, and your lead. I pray today that we would learn and glean from your scripture. I pray, God, that we would create environments of stability in our homes, God, where our children and our families can thrive and succeed. Give us the wisdom. Give us, God, the, the fortitude. Give us, God, the, the confidence and boldness to be able to establish and remain consistent with what we have established as boundaries in our home. God, we want our homes to be a reflection of your word. We want our homes to be a reflection of your glory. Help us today, oh God, in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Won't you clap your hands to the Lord? I'm thankful for his word. Amen. God bless you today. Don't forget to pick up your kids. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. We'll see you at 11 o'clock. 
Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.